Hello and welcome to the 30th episode of A Need to Read. I hope you're all doing well and thanks for sticking with me for so long, guys. 30 episodes, quite quite an achievement, I'm not going to lie. I'm without my recording equipment this week, so I will keep this introduction short and sweet. And I'll chuck you straight into the guest episode that I've got with Emma Hames. This episode is the gift that keeps on giving. When I was editing it, I just I loved it. So I'm going to chuck you straight into it. Obviously, if you are new here, please do follow us on Instagram. It's at a need to read with the number two as opposed to the word. And if you can just drop us a review, you can do it whilst you're listening. And it takes maybe five seconds. If you write something, a little bit more. But yeah, drop us a review. Emma Haynes, welcome to need to read. Thank you. I feel honoured. <laughs> well, Thank you no. For it's uh it's my pleasure to have you on honestly um just for everyone listening who doesn't know you um i went to school with you for about a year which however many years ago that was now like nine years ago i forget that we went to school together i re- you were in my form class and i actually remember your first day do you <laughs> yeah you was in miss guscott's class weren't you i actually yeah. do remember because i think you knew carmen yeah yeah, and then yeah. I'm pretty sure I sat I sat near the girls for a bit, which is yeah, nice. The girl. Um and I was actually thinking before we were gonna record this that like if you think back to nine years ago, if I'd said to you like, Oh, nine Emma, years. Emma, do you wanna come on my podcast in nine years' time? It would have been I'd be like, What's a podcast? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, to be fair, back then they didn't really well, they probably was existed, it? but they weren't like mainstream. Yeah. Um as they are now, to the point that we can have one each. Um, if but someone just, told you nine years ago you'd be doing a podcast, you probably would be like, no. Yeah, no, especially not about books. I'm like, all right, then, you yeah. dork. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, I'm very, very pleased that you're on. And if you could just give everyone a little bit of a background about you. Sure. So I never really know what to say. Yeah, it's a horrible question. Introduce yourself. So my name's Emma. Um, I'm a personal trainer by day. Um, Eat cookies by night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we love that. Um, There's not really much to say about me, to to be fair. I know that's really boring, but yeah, I I like food. I'm a massive foodie. I love dogs. Um, Even though I'm a personal trainer, I'm not all about the fitness and the health. Like I appreciate the the cookies. but yeah, it's me in a nutshell, really. Food and being food, weird. <laughs> food and being weird and personal training. Well, I I think you've been pretty harsh yourself there. I Aww. I would have the the reason that I've got you on is you always stood out to me as someone like all this sort of content that I've seen. It's that no bullshit approach that I think people need and people appreciate. And you've obviously you've got your own podcast now, the Guilty Fitzbo. Um, yes. Should have you should have plugged that. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, and like, I know I'm probably not the, the target market for it, but I love it. It's a brilliant podcast. Oh, I, just, thank I think you. it's, it's refreshing to hear your approach that you don't really care. Like you're starting a cookie company. Can we say that? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're a personal trainer, you're starting a cookie company, you enjoy the finer things, but one thing that's always sort of like, you're just nothing fancy. And I don't yeah. want you to take that the wrong way, but like... No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Like in your podcast of the day, you were talking about when when you first started sort of like making money with personal training, you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this Mercedes or whatever it was. Yeah. And you came to realise that that's not 
the kind of thing that sort of makes you happy yeah um, I think it's cool though because I, I haven't always had that no bullshit approach so yeah. for someone to see that in me I'm like that's actually quite cool because it's obviously something that is that a lot of people want to adopt really and even just yeah. like learning your own lessons of okay a Mercedes is not actually going to make me happy um yeah and learning that in my own time and in my head like that's taken a really long time for me to get there but actually yeah it's just very valuable yeah I mean it's it's important that these lessons are learned sort of through experience and by yourself because when someone else tells you you might not believe them but I think with with your approach it's not just like hey guys your Mercedes isn't going to make you happy blah 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 blah. like you understand the other side of it as well and that's just getting people to think really like that's that's usually what i want people to get out of the podcast is not not to get people to change their mind or to be angry or to i don't know influence them in any way but more just to get people to just question maybe their Mm. actions or other people's actions or yeah just to get people to think basically and that's cool. yeah yeah definitely and like we were saying earlier about how nine years ago neither of us would have thought this would be the case where would you say the point was that that changed for you where, where you wanted to get people to think and you wanted to sort of prompt those thoughts in people's heads to make them question themselves about the important things i think Midway through uni, university, um, I would have been like 22, I guess. No, I wouldn't have been. I think I finished uni when I was 21. Wow, that's weird to say. Mm. Yeah, I probably would have, maybe about the age of 20, I I think I had quite a bad view of the world. I think I was quite entitled and thought like, why is there bad in the world? Like, why why is there this shit? Why is there that shit? Like, why does shit happen to me? Why is... Mm why does why do these things exist and probably thinking that the world was happening to me rather than happening for me um and I think I just got fed up of feeling like that of just feeling very negative and very shit um and I think you can only really think about helping someone once I don't know you've almost helped yourself so Absolutely. I think that's, that's where it came from, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is funny, actually, and I actually haven't spoke about this at all, and I am going to do a podcast episode on it. Um, but the reason why I even got into reading and, like, the whole almost self-help, because at school I was shocking. Like, I was not an academic at all. Mm. Like, I could barely add up and stuff. I was just terrible. I just had no interest. And yeah. it's probably yeah. because I wasn't being challenged in a way that suits me. That was the whole remembering stuff and being tested I was shocking at whereas actually I didn't realize I was cre- I was creative but I didn't realize yeah, yeah. that at school um but I actually I would say I got into reading quite late maybe age of like 19 20 21 and that was because I did Arbon I did yeah, a network yeah. marketing company which I always forget about and like I said I've not spoken about and a lot of people don't know and it is I funny because, you were yeah. in a pyramid scheme I was in the pyramid scheme. Yep. I was one of those little shit bags. Um, <laughs> but actually like a lot of us have this view on pyramid schemes and the, those kind of companies, but actually there are a lot of good people in them and it did yeah. teach me a lot. And although I don't agree with lots of the stuff in them, um, there, there are some stuff where it did teach me like 
I don't know, independence and almost like self-employment and running a business and reading. Yeah. Like they told us to read books and I was yeah. like, no, I'm not reading a book. That's stupid. Um, yeah. But they kept shoving them down our throats. Um, and I think the first few books, it was like the compound effect, the slight edge. Um, so very much just like doing the do, putting in the graft, etc. Yeah. But I wouldn't have carried on reading if it wasn't for that. So actually yeah. that was probably a big turning point, which is funny because like I said, I don't ever speak about that. And it's quite a negative job role that's viewed. Um, yeah. But something good came out of it. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that is a good point because everything you've done was absolutely necessary to get you where you are right now and to get you where you're going. So like I've had jobs that I've like, I've had loads of jobs that I've hated and like things that have happened not not to me but like through these jobs that i would have considered like maybe failures on on my part in the past yeah and i used to give myself such a such a hard time about it yeah and i think genuinely for me reading alongside stuff like therapy has helped me reframe stuff like that so i'm not giving you're like thank you (laughs) yeah absolutely i'm so grateful for all the experience that i've had and it's such a weird sort of par- paradigm shift that yeah it is you're thankful for the negative stuff that's got you to a, a point now even if now isn't where you think you should be or whatever yeah you're, a- you're actually right where you need to be so true and i think if you tell someone that who's going through something really terrible they're gonna be like shut up this is not good like nothing good is gonna come from this and they probably can't see any way out but actually i guarantee in like five or ten or twenty years they will look back and they will be able to see some sort of positive from it but if you tell someone whilst they're going through something horrendous they're gonna be like shut up like this is horrendous but looking back it's cool yeah when i when i so i worked in a call center for anyone that didn't know um when I first started reading and I was reading the subtle art of not giving a fuck, I sort of, I I completely attached myself to the phrase, enjoy the process. And (laughs) any, any time someone was sad at work, I'm like, Oh man, we just got, you just got to enjoy the process. You know, like it's all, it's all part of it. And everyone got, Oh Ed, shut up. You prick. Just give us a, Oh my God. And, um, I think, I think it is important to have those times where maybe, you take things too literally from books and you learn to sort of take a step back. And yeah, I'd learned two years ago when I read that book, I can now apply in a way better way now. And the only way I get to shove it down people's throats is, is through this podcast, which is great. <laughs> but the cool thing about this podcast is you don't have to be like, read this book, like make sure you read yeah. it. You can just tell people what it's about and then people can make the decision. Whereas like you said, I think if you have maybe read your first book or your first few, it's then very easy to be like, ah um you know this is the only way like you have to read this book this is the best book ever like because you've only heard that perspective or only read that book yeah definitely definitely i'm here to facilitate facilitate decisions for people and sort of help help them on that way um but i i've i asked you for your sort of top three books and at what stage which was the first book out of these three that you told me the first one that I read yeah the first book was the breakthrough experience so that was one of the first books I properly like finished um, so like um, quite, quite a few years ago yeah 
and and obviously um, it's still stood out to you so what at like what was happening at that stage of your life and what resonated most so that was during that midway through university where i was just feeling like just quite negative and like going through a breakup and also like being away from family and just going through all like the ups and downs of uni and also just being like a 20 year old 19 year old however old um i that book was recommended to me by arbon i'm pretty sure pretty sure someone um recommended that book to me and it's funny because it's written by someone who was in the secret um okay and some people might be put off by that um but if I read this book now, I don't, I don't know what I'd think about it. I don't know what my view would be. Um, but it was just so impactful at the time of my life um, where I was feeling quite negative. And to be honest, the book does what it says on the tin. Yeah. The breakthrough experience. Like that's literally what it gives. Um, but what's really interesting is some people obviously think that the secret is very airy fairy. And I partly did, but I also partly thought it was interesting and I yeah. got the gist of it. Um, but what's interesting is... So Dr. John Martini, he actually speaks about the stick that he got from doing The Secret. Yeah. Um, and he speaks about how a lot of people are saying, you know, you're not a scientist, you're not a psychologist. Um, so you're a liar, you're a cheat, you're a fraudster. Like you shouldn't be mm. dishing out this information. You shouldn't be preaching this stuff. Um, and he would have a really interesting attitude and perspective, which I was like, that's cool. Um, so he would instead say like, thank you for saying that. Because actually at times I would be like, sometimes I am a shit. Sometimes yeah. I, I do lie. Sometimes like, like we're not perfect. Um, and he would actually turn around to someone who's maybe giving him this stick and say, you've given me a gift here of, you could say all the shit in the world to me. You could say all the crap. I will still love myself. And I just think that is so powerful. If you can get all the shit in the world, all the hate, all the trolls, whatever it is, if you can still love yourself at the end of the day, like you're winning at life, basically. You literally cannot lose. Like, So yeah, yeah. that really stuck with me. But it's a very um, like task-driven book. Like he gets okay. you to do a lot of things. So he, he literally recommends recommends you to face like bad relationships that you have you've had like to face yeah. the people and actually like tells you what to say and stuff whether it's like a family member that you don't get on with but it just gives you a really interesting perspective because during this time when I was feeling really really shit um and thinking why is this rubbish happening to me he basically explains that you cannot have good without bad yeah so he says you cannot have like we couldn't have the sun without the rain and like from a scientific back point which i'm not going to go into because i don't really understand it but yeah. that's the thing you can't have the sun without the rain but also we wouldn't know what the sun is we wouldn't actually be able to feel it or appreciate it if there was no rain because we wouldn't be able to differ differ different oh differentiate God. that's the word that's the word I <laughs> we wouldn't be able we wouldn't have anything to compare it to we would yeah. not have anything compared to so it would just feel neutral it feel normal um and it's the same with love and hate if we only ever felt love and we only ever received love and only ever gave love it wouldn't be love we wouldn't understand it we wouldn't understand the extreme of it because we wouldn't know what hate is we wouldn't know what hate feels like so we would have nothing to compare it to 
So reading this during this time, I was like, right, it does not matter what happens. It does not matter what shit there is or what shit's going on or what shit is in the world because it means that there's good and it means that the next time that something really, really good happens, if you even want to like label it as good and bad, um, I'll be really grateful for it. Yeah. So that's what stuck out for me rather than the whole airy fairy, like believing in the universe stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's almost like people are reluctant to say that they believe in it. And I certainly feel at the moment, like the universe just keeps serving signs up to me. And and I feel I I catch myself and I'm like, Ed, you're crazy, mate. Like (laughs) this, this is not how the world works, but stuff keeps coming yeah and i'm and i'm really grateful for it but i think also um like um siobhan who's on the show always says like law of attraction plus action and i think yeah when you identify yourself as the person you want to be your behaviors will change which will then eventually get you to that point um but i i love that like that was some without the rain and i'm pretty sure that is a really cheesy like 70s song as well um oh yeah yeah like (laughs) and it is cheesy and like i kind of wish that the people who like did the secret and the guy that wrote this book i don't get why they do have to have all the fluff in it like i get some people love it some people do love it but actually when you strip the principles back like you say adding action to it it makes sense yeah it makes sense yeah definitely so you didn't feel like when you got the mercedes that was manifested and and you'd written it down in your journal every day, like, no. I will get a Mercedes. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> no. I, I, uh, yeah, okay, maybe I did always. It, it would have been the car that I always maybe would have picked, but yeah. I wouldn't say that I manifested it. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I've worked hard for a couple of years now and I've not bought, I've not spent like a lot of money. Yeah. I've not, like, this is the biggest thing I would have ever, like, put money towards. I wasn't happy. Um, whereas now, I don't know if I made more of a conscious decision. I actually thought about it. Maybe I'd be more grateful for it and I would treat Mm. the situation differently. But at the time it was very spontaneous. And funnily enough, it was, I think the day before Valentine's day. Yeah. And there was like red cars out the front. And I was like, Oh, do you know what? It's Valentine's day. Like, (laughs) yeah. And then six months later, I'd say, and it's funny because someone actually said to me, they're like in six months, you won't care about it. And in six months time, I was like, yeah, it's just a car. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a massive car person anyway, so that probably adds to it. But yeah, I was like, oh, it's just a car. Like, why am I paying all this money for it? I would rather just save that money each month. Yeah, yeah, Go definitely. on holiday every month. Like, Go on holiday. That's the thing. Don't save it. I mean, I mean, do that. Obviously, yeah, that's a really smart thing to do. But like, go on holiday. Treat yourself. Like, go and experience new things. I am the worst when it comes to wanting things. And it's not that I want it to make me happy. And I know that nothing I buy will make me happy. But I feel it in my heart when i want something so bad yeah, and, and like uh, aggressive like, yeah my sister um is just like she was she had her heart set on this house she wanted to buy a couple of weeks ago she's like i just need it i just like i this is my house <laughs> i walked into it and i just felt like it was mine oh like and i was like what you've got to understand is that is how i feel about absolutely everything i want yeah yeah <laughs> Like I've made some silly money decisions in the past. I once got a six and a half grand loan to get a jet ski, which I used for a summer and then sold oh, it in the summer goodness. and paid back the loan. But like, but you know what? That sounds quite fun. <laughs> oh, I don't regret that one bit. And everyone else thought, like, oh, you're so rubbish for money. I'm like, well, look, who had a better summer Hello. in 2016? Because I think it was uh, me. 
my my mindset has really changed towards that like the whole mortgage thing i'm like why would you spend your whole life paying off a mortgage to die and then what you own a house cool yeah you like, give it to some ungrateful little shits yeah like why not just pay fucking minimal interest and just actually live a cool life during yeah. that time and like have a crib to stay at yeah that's what we want we want a cool life i love that yeah, a cool life <laughs> yeah um so that was there that was through the the breakthrough experience so let's let's move on from the yes. secret and all that wacko crazy stuff yeah. <laughs> um your other two books you've picked one by my fit like one of my favorite authors malcolm gladwell gladwell um, this is really interesting actually the, like I randomly picked this, like really randomly. And I, I didn't realize he was the one who wrote Talking to Strangers, which I've not yeah. read. Uh, I didn't know that. But even weirder, I was reading this book, The Tipping Point, And literally, I, I literally was like, this is the guy who's read Talking to Strangers. And I've not even read that book. But yeah. because he was speaking about um, learning from acquaintances and not your friends, I instantly, I instantly was like, this must be the guy that's written talking to strangers and then i was like mm. then i was even more invested into it because i knew how good that book was yeah definitely i there's only a few authors that i've like read quite a lot of their work so ryan holiday is one of them and i've read all his stuff and malcolm gladwell is another and he's got books david goliath outliers blink um what else talking to strangers yeah. and there's another one that i've read and it's yeah, not the tipping fun. point and there's another one that i want to read called what the dog saw because oh, the way yeah. the way that he sort of the story he tells throughout the book is just so intelligent. I mean, you'd expect that from a multi best selling author. Yeah, no, he does. But a hell of a story. So what what's what's the gist in in the tipping point and what's have, about have you, you? You've not read it. I've not read it. No. Um, so yeah, like I said, I I randomly picked this. Like I was after an audio and I was scrolling the. Um, recommended i think on ibooks or something mm. and for some reason i just like selected it randomly and i quite like doing that because i do i do kind of like the um like mantra of books do kind of find you and i know that's really cringy and cliche yeah. but um randomly selected it and it's it's quite not that it's strange i think the reason why i found it so interesting and probably the reason why it was in the audio charts even though it was written in 2000 2000 mm. um is because he speaks about pandemics and epidemics but obviously this is what going way before covid but i yeah. think that's why i i found it so interesting because it's really you can really relate to it yeah um but Basically, the tipping the tipping point is um, that very tipping point when something is about to change. Yeah. So that very very point where something is about to change, which obviously every single change has to have, there has to be some kind of tipping point. Um, and so he starts off the book speaking about change when things are contagious, and that's how he moves on to speaking about pandemics and epidemics. Yeah. And he starts off speaking about yawning when you yawn. And he, he first of all speaks about, for example, I've just said that word. In the next few minutes, you might I yawn. I really want to yawn. Oh, so I bad. I yawned. When I was reading this or listening to this, because it's the audio, I yawned. And then I was like smiling to myself, walking down the street. Did you just yawn? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, and I really hate myself because I feel like people might think that was fake, but it wasn't. Yeah, I no, promise you. I did the exact same thing. 
I was like, don't yawn, don't yawn, don't yawn, don't yawn, don't yawn. And then all of a sudden yawned. And then he says, like, he's just said that and I've yawned. Someone on the street could have seen you yawn. They would yawn. So that means it's visually contagious. Whereas someone could have not seen you but heard you. So that means that yawning is already contagious. But then he says you could play a yawn to a blind person and they would yawn. And it's just like his way of like speaking about things that are contagious. And he speaks about geometric progression. Um, So, and I think, again, I find this so interesting because I am such a believer of, or I always have been of like small daily changes, like things happen like, I was about to say smallly. Smallly is not a word. Small changes happen. You make up words here. Happen smallly over time. Yeah, and then that that gives you the biggest impact overall. But he's actually speaking about great change that happens instantly. So he calls this geometric progression, and he speaks about if you were to fold a paper fifty times. Have you heard this one? No. No, I never heard this either. So, and I didn't know whether it was like really common. So if you was to fold a piece of paper, a normal piece of paper 50 times, how thick do you think it would be? Oh, you couldn't, could you? What, an A4 piece? Yeah. I think it's like 12 is the maximum times you can fold it in half or oh, something. Really? How, if you could, how, how big do you think it would be or how thick? Uh, I know, this is what you start doing, isn't well, it? Well, I've, I've got paper here. Look, are we taking into consideration the GSM of the paper? Like, what what game are we playing here? Because like, I need specific. Or, or maybe it's 0.55 millimetres. I don't know. But a regular piece of paper. A thin. Yeah, I'd say a centimetre. You think it'd be a centimetre thick, folding it 50 times? I don't know. The, no, I thought the same thing. I thought maybe like this thick. It would be the distance from the earth to the sun. Because it's doubling, it's doubling, 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 doubling. And I had to Google this to check because I was like, nah, that's yeah. fucking bullshit. Yeah, right. Googled it and it is. So it is, it, and that's the idea of, I know it's mad, isn't it? I'm literally, I just want to fall. I want to, no. Did you so hear we're that? okay. Okay, yeah. good. I just want to fold paper now. Yeah, or that's I, what I want to hang up on you and start folding paper. Um, but it's like when you tie a crisp packet and it's really, really thick and annoying, like when you try to tie it. Yeah, it's true. And that's but only yeah, a couple it, folds. Yeah, it's annoying. But yeah, I was the exact same. I was like, I just want to fold a piece of paper. Um, and he was saying like, some people would say that it's maybe like the size of a fridge. Um, but actually it's this massive thickness, massive change. And he kind of like speaks about these things. And I think again, like, the reason why I find this book so interesting is because he gives off so many like cool facts like that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah, that's cool. Like, keep telling me facts. Um, yeah, nice. And then he speaks about, it's cool, isn't it? Um, and this all leads to, like, how he compares these kind of smaller stories or facts to how there is great change. So he speaks about how crime is maybe contagious or is a pandemic, um, how trends can be contagious. Obviously, they, they are contagious. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it's just, it's really, really interesting. And actually another interesting thing that he speaks about is syphilis. Okay. So he speaks about, are you still there? Yeah, I haven't had that um, one though. About, you haven't had that one? No. <laughs> Thank God. So he speaks about how you probably might assume that it like happened really slowly over time. Like it just suddenly 
or slowly crept up on us yeah. and syphilis. But he was saying that the line of, if you used to look at people who had syphilis, it was like a really, really flat line like this. Yeah. Years and years and years. And then he said, 1995, it, it grew or it spread by 500%. So when we were born, 1995, and he said on the graph, it's like this and then like a right angle. Yeah. Um, and he says the reason for that is because cocaine boomed and people, when they take cocaine, are so confident and bullshit. They're more likely uh-huh. having sex and they're more likely being, um, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking promiscuous? for? Promiscuous. Yeah, promiscuous, trying weird kind of shit. So they're more likely going to get syphilis. <laughs> so yeah. he speaks about how there is this massive, massive boom. And he also compares it to like fashion trends. So he was saying how there's this trainer brand, which I've actually never heard of, which is ironic because he speaks about it as a trend called Hush. Have you heard it of them? an American thing. Yeah, I hadn't heard like, of it. Well, if it was in the 2000s, so we're talking like late 90s. That's very true. Um, so, I wonder what they look like. I imagine them to look like Heelys. Uh, no, they're just standard. Oh no, these are Christian Louboutins. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, Google's just completely ruined okay. that for me. I uh, just changed it to high-heeled shoes for women. Wow. So it's obviously been in my search history. <laughs> <laughs> so the hush puppy shoes. I've heard of hush puppies, and I'm imagining that's yeah, they're just standard shoes by the looks of it. So he speaks about how, again, we might think of a trend as really, really slow change, but he speaks about it. Um, someone in New York starts wearing hush trainers um, and then like 15, 20 kids start wearing them and they just wear them to cafes and clubs. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's, it's like a worldwide trend. And he just keeps going back. Like he keeps basically what's the word I'm looking for, referring to these massive global modern changes that we have to these smaller, not smaller changes, but smaller impacts. Um, But if you are interested in like what we've been going through right now in terms of like a pandemic, a global change, it's just really interesting. Whereas if I'd read this book beforehand, like before COVID, I might have been a bit like, what's he going on about? Like what even is an epidemic? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a really interesting book. And that was exactly when he mentioned in the book how you learn from acquaintances rather than your friends. So you should mm. always speak to acquaintances. And basically, because all of your friends usually have had the same experiences as you, the same upbringing. Ah, uh, yes. Education, likely. So actually, if you're learning or speaking to an acquaintance, they probably are not really from your world and they probably haven't really had the same experiences. Yeah, you've there's no had. bias. Yeah. So actually you should listen to them more. And then that was the moment where I was like, I bet this is the guy that's read talking to strangers, yeah. which I need to read. But yeah, it was just really weird how nice. it links such a small world. Yeah. I like that. And and you know what? That idea of that sort of tipping point is prominent in other books that I've read recently, like um, Atomic Habits. It. James Clear. So not necessarily the tipping point part. Um, but when you talk about having like an ice cube in a room yeah. and and you slowly put the temperature up, temperature up, temperature up, and it's not until that point that it goes from zero to one, uh-huh. that's when it melts and it becomes water. But that doesn't take away from the fact that there's also been a 30 degree temperature change running up to that. Yeah. Um, 
and that's sort of not not to be ignored and it's those sort of slow changes and it's that one point like the whole overnight success thing like it's not an overnight success yeah. and and this pandemic wasn't an overnight pandemic it it came up and just doubled and doubled and doubled yeah and that's the thing and he also speaks about like mutual friends and the people that you know kind of your circle he says it's never just a circle he says that your mutual friends say if you have 40 friends like general kind of friends you might not be close to all of them some of them yeah. might be really close to. there might only be like five who are kind of i can't i think he calls it the law of the few yeah. um so that actually it might have been all of those five friends introduce you to the whole rest of the 40 people and it's it is this kind of idea that some things do just happen and it probably was the same with covid like it doubles and doubles and doubles and actually it was very quick and that's why it was so scary at the time because it was so infectious i guess yeah it's just you can really like relate to it and again if you're interested in crime which i didn't think i was but it's quite cool to hear about how Mm. that can be incredibly contagious and it can be as simple as there being a broken window or graffiti in an area you then might look at that area and think this place isn't being looked after. There's not authority here. So then a broken window becomes like a broken house or like loads of broken windows and loads and loads of graffiti. And then that then brings crime. Whereas he's, he speaks about how that's actually reversible. You could literally fix a broken window or you could clear up some graffiti and you've completely wiped out the, not the chances of crime, but you've lowered it. Mm. And I just hadn't really thought of it like that before. And I just thought it's quite a cool perspective or way of like thinking yeah definitely see when when you say that i automatically think about people and how they think about themselves and people having respect for themselves and other people looking at how someone talks about themselves or feels about themselves and then taking that as how they can either treat that person or think about that person so true and then we we deem how we feel about ourselves as like facts or how someone else thinks about us as a fact when really we've possibly brewed it ourselves and we believe the story is true whereas it's not true it's just a story yeah but again interestingly enough that flows straight to the next book i know i literally could not have wrote that thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) it's true though like again this next book the happiness trap by russ harris that really drilled home to me the whole the stories that you tell yourself which I never really viewed them as stories and now I'm like ah that's just a funny story that I tell myself yeah honestly the um so the happiness trap by Russ Harris I'm gonna I'm gonna take credit for recommending you that is that you did you did recommend that one to me really good episode episode one of the podcast if if you're new here go and check that out it's definitely not gonna be as good as the more recent ones but we move Um, random one that I like I looked at the list of your recommendations and I was just like right just at random just pick one and actually it was really beneficial and you even said to me this one will be really beneficial for your clients Mm -hmm. because you can actually speak about some of the methods in that book to your clients and yeah yeah, I can completely see that it's so helpful especially because I've not ever had therapy so I can actually now see how beneficial it would be because i i didn't even realize how good the methods could be yeah it's um it's there's a lot of interesting um points in that book and i i found one of the 
when he says talks about sort of changing the story and and making light of it so let's take for example where whenever i thought someone thought a certain way about me if you change that in your head to that person saying what you think they think to you and changing it to a cartoon character i always pick shrek i'm like oh you're like you're a proper piece of shit and then i'm like oh no you're not that's too funny because i could literally imagine him saying that and then you just laugh and then it's like it's not real yeah and it's it's all formulated in your head and once shrek's telling you something you have to take it and that can be any cartoon character as well like you can have fun with your negative thoughts which is such a weird concept it is a weird concept and you could do but actually it makes it so much easier um, I thought it was going to freeze them for a second. I had a mini panic, but I think we're all okay. Yeah. No, um, but the right. one that stuck out, the one that stuck out for me was the the story that you tell yourself. So maybe that's I'm fat, so I'm unworthy. I think that one relates to me with working in like the fitness industry. Um, yeah. The whole like he suggests um, saying that story to yourself, but singing it in the tune of Happy Birthday. Yeah. Whenever you hear the song Happy Birthday, you can't help but just, I don't know, nothing is serious. So actually, if and as well, I was reading this book before bed every night, which I was a bit like, oh, I need to stop doing this because it's quite um, like task driven. Like you have to do, like, do stuff yourself. Yeah. But actually, I can't imagine doing any of those tasks in the day because I think I would have got quite distracted. So actually lying in bed at night, like shutting my eyes, doing the tasks in my head, I was literally like giggling in my head. Yeah. Um, and just saying <clears throat> stuff that I would maybe say to myself in a negative way, singing it in the tune of happy birthday. I was yeah. just like, it, it is literally just pieces of language. It's just pieces of language in my head. And it is yeah. just, really, that's, that's helped a lot. I think it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. And there's something about like, so, so the therapy that I, I go to or go to, I go to on zoom um, yeah. is, is act therapy, which is what the happiness trap is based on. And it's weird whenever I speak to my other friends that go to therapy, mine sounds so different to theirs because it's really? like that acceptance and commitment therapy. Yeah. Um, and when I first th- thought, like when I was, when I first started that and I was with my ex-girlfriend and I had to say that I was going to go to acceptance and commitment therapy, I was shitting myself because I was like, oh no, she's going to think I've got commitment issues now because yeah. I go to this type of therapy. Yeah. But it's, it's literally nothing like that it's um it literally is just accepting your thoughts i guess yeah which is funny because i always thought being a positive person meant disregarding and getting rid of your negative thoughts i always thought you had to like shut them out and like hit them with a bat and like tell them to go away and like try push them away and just and then that would reel in the positive thoughts i thought that for a really long time and then when i realized that actually you're going to get these negative thoughts anyway for the rest of your life. So you might as well just accept them and acknowledge yeah. them and move on. And that's, that's a big shift. Cause I do think we often think you just have to shut those thoughts out when really that kind of makes it worse. Yeah, definitely. Have you um, got, let's, let's throw it back to like when you're younger and you're, you're at swimming, swimming lessons and yeah. you know, when you try and hold one of those floats oh my God, water, yeah. or stand on it and, like picture that as like your negative thoughts and you're standing on them to keep them down 
at some stage they come flying up out the water so the more you try and squash us down like it's gonna rebound at a far greater sort of pace than it got pushed down in um and i really don't i wish i knew where i heard that and i actually want to say that i've just made that up then Um, if if i didn't i'm sorry for taking uh taking ownership of that but that was just a thought that i had in my head just then about like what it is to push push something down and what comes back up um like that though the one that i think of and i again i don't know where i heard it from was pinging an elastic band Mm -hmm. so you'll pull it back to a certain degree a certain length when you keep pulling it pulling it pulling it pulling it when you let it go it travels way further than what what you were even what you were pinging back in the first place that makes sense so actually yeah again i don't know where i heard that but that that like relates to the whole pushing down of the floaty in the pool yeah yeah definitely maybe what i'll do is i'll edit out the parts where we say we don't know where we got it from and then uh we're just claiming for ourselves yeah (laughs) no i won't because i can't be asked (laughs) um so happiness track russ harris like have have you recommended that to someone or or just uh, let's not talk too much about the happiness track. So I think, I think we've kind of summarized that quite well there for people that if they want to look into that book, they, they've got yeah. enough information to do so. But, um, but I, I gift books to people all yeah. the time. Do you gift books ever? Yeah. So I hadn't really done that. So I probably got the idea off you. So not mm. claiming that form for myself. Okay. Um, but I sent at the start of the lockdown, actually not the start of lockdown, maybe mid lockdown when, quite a lot of my well, a few of my clients had been doing my zoom workouts yeah they thank you for like committing three times a week and like just supporting me and oh. some clients like not even training with me and still supporting me during yeah. that time um i was like right what can i send them and i thought i could send them a little care package like weights but then obviously weights weren't really expensive and stuff yeah, well expensive. um so i thought actually i encourage my clients to read anyway i might as well send them a book yeah. um so a, a lot of them I know don't read. So I actually sent them a book called You Are a Badass, which is a short yep. book. Um, it is down the self-help line. But I'd say if you're a female, you don't really read and you want an introduction into just feeling better. If, you're, yeah. if you feel like you're talking to yourself in a negative way, that's a good one. And again, I knew they'd read it because it's quite short. Yeah. Um, I think literally a few days ago, my client got Atomic Habits because nice. um, I recommend it to her. Um, I do think that's a very, very good book to recommend mm. to all clients. My boyfriend suggested that to me. He was like, that's the best book that you could suggest to clients. Yeah. And yeah. I can see why. Um, but other than that, I don't think I have gifted um, books to friends. I know a while ago, two of my friends were doing a book club mm-hmm. and they were reading the same book at the same time. And then I think they had like a group chat and they were discussing it. Yeah. And during that period, I wasn't really reading, but I thought that's that's really cool. But I think the whole gifting a book to people, I mean, yeah. if I received a book and it was just random, I'd be like, that's sick. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Us, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that thing is like books will, people just say books will come to you. And I feel like that all the time at the moment because I keep getting recommendations and I have to take those recommendations seriously because the universe is sending them to me via the vessel yeah, of whichever think... person is is telling me about it no i think have you heard of the psychopath test yeah by... john john ronson 
last year. So I've not finished it. I, I listened to the audiobook and his voice is, oh, I don't know how to describe it. Have you heard his voice? I haven't, but I know. Um, I've, actually, I have. I heard him on a podcast with Louis Theroux. I thought his voice was irritating because... Um, Mainly because they said that he was like Louis Theroux's like biggest competitor, and I was like, "No way!" Oh, really? <laughs> I yeah, um, no, no one beats Louis. <laughs> but I didn't read the book, really. It's... Yes. See, I I actually didn't finish listening to it. No. But where was I going with this? Can't actually remember. Um, oh, fudge balls! I can't actually remember where I was going with this. <laughs> I was going to relate it back to what we were saying, but now I can't even remember. I'm sure oh. it'll come. But well, anyway, fudge balls, so that's good enough. Fudge balls, yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, I again, that was one that I started listening to, and I just had to stop because I didn't really. I thought I was gonna um, learn, not learn, but understand psychopaths. that we maybe could learn something from psychopaths. That's what I thought I was gonna get from the book. But then maybe that's a lesson that you shouldn't have expectations before you read a book. Yeah. But I didn't really get that from it. I just thought it was a bit wacky. Yeah. I think the biggest lesson you may have learned there is walking away from a book. Yeah. Don't ever be afraid to just put a book down. I'm I'm about, I'd say another 50 pages from walking away from Deep Work by Cal Newport at the moment. Uh, Uh, I think, did um, Siobhan recommend that to you? uh, No, the Propane Fitness Guys. Yeah, Johnny Johnny and Yusuf. um, Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's where I've heard it. And I'm, I'm about 70 pages in at the moment. And I, all I'm getting, um, as with a lot of books, actually, is that repetitive message of essentially what's in the title. And I'm very good at doing that. I'm very good at like, feeling like I've got the gist from the book. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I get what they're going on about. I'm going to put the book down. Whereas actually, yeah. I don't know. Part of me does just want to carry on. But then, like you say, you shouldn't be afraid to put a book down. Yeah. And I think what I'm going to do is not give it that 50 pages but i'm just going to look at the chapters and i think especially with yeah. non-fiction books when it's stuff that's applicable applicable or stuff that you can apply yeah it might just be worth picking out which lesson i want to learn the most and then reading it and then come back to it at a different time yeah and i think it's far more common in non-fiction because you know that there is going to be something, some kind of message that you're going to get from the book. So you're yeah. kind of waiting for that message. Then once you feel like you've got it, you're like, oh, I get the gist of that, especially if it is in the title. Like yeah. that's a bit like the slight edge is very similar to the compound effect. So when I got the gist of that, I was like, well, what's the point of finishing the book? Whereas in a novel, which I never really actually appreciated before, not that I've even read any at all. I was always like, oh, I'm not going to read a novel because I just want to learn. But actually I've realized now after speaking to a friend who reads a lot of novels, that there's always a message in a novel. There's still a lesson in one. So why was I being so almost ignorant? Like, oh, I'm not going to learn anything. Have you, um, did you read my email today that I sent out? No, but it's... It's literally what we've just said there. It's in my folder. Please read. Oh really? Yeah. So oh, how um, funny. No. Yeah. So so my email that I sent today was essentially talking about the lessons that you can learn from a novel and nonfiction, and I, I likened nonfiction to going to the gym 
as exercise so like brain yeah. gains and I likened fiction to the stuff that I enjoy doing for my kind of exercise that I don't even consider exercise at all, like jujitsu, uh, skateboarding, um, like going for a swim, because I find them fun and I, and I do it as downtime. Whereas if, I, if, if me personally going to the gym, I don't enjoy it. So it's, it's tough, hard learning, as it were. I, I do get you. Yeah, I do. Um, and essentially, like what I wanted to get across to sort of the people on the reading list is don't neglect novels because there is a message in there and it's a passive way of learning. And when you feel that you've come to that conclusion yourself, when you have that light bulb moment, there's actually no better feeling. And that's what I, I guess, like for yourself being a coach, you know that you have to essentially coax people into their own light bulb moment as opposed yeah. to you just telling. Because um, like selling ain't telling, bro. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you like you forget that you do get such good and amazing endorphins from learning. So of mm. course, if there's, if you're reading a novel and there's a message and you are learning something from it, and like you say, it's passive, you're not really yeah. have to, having to do much work or really think about it. It's almost not subconscious, but it's kind of in between the lines. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to get into novel because I've only realized that recently. Yeah. And I was like, why is I being so silly? I just thought it would be like, a pointless read but people wouldn't read them if not i have i have read novels that i've really struggled to understand like um albert camus is a french um philosopher and essentially is an absurdist and they believe that there's little to no point in life and wow. being yeah and he's very like ricky gervais in afterlife for the first few okay. episodes um that kind of approach life like we're all going to die anyway. I don't really care when I die. I'm just going to be a twat to everyone. And I read this book, um, The Stranger, and I literally got to the end. I couldn't understand the message at all. I completely missed the point, whatever it is. And I didn't want to Google it and see what other people thought because I thought if, I, if I've missed the message, it's not meant for me. Are you going to read it again? Nope. No. 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 It's not true. a very long That's book. True. I'll give it to you if you want. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. I mean, I haven't sold it, but <laughs> I haven't sold it yeah. very well, but you can have it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I might pick something up from it. Which yeah. You pick up different things. I mean, I've spoke to someone who's read the same book as me and they're talking about a section. I'm a bit like, I don't remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird the different parts that speak to different people. And I think that's the good thing. And like you said about your friends with a book club, like I'm going to plug myself here. Like the book gang that I run, I essentially facilitate a space for people to talk about that with with random people that they don't know on the internet and it's like almost at 150 members now which is really nice wow. and oh, like involved. my uh my engagement with with that group is essentially me chucking 10 minutes of my thoughts of the 100 pages that i've just read and then just saying right you guys go tell me what you think and it's nice to see like that my stuff had been overlooked by other people and I'd overlooked what other people had done and those points stood out to them. And it says a lot about the kind of person because I think almost that you kind of only see what you want to see and people only hear what they want to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And you can find out a lot about a person, I think, from what they get from a certain book. Like um, when I was talking to Sinead about The Alchemist and I'd completely missed the point about like, love and relationships and stuff like that whereas oh, her okay. being right into that sort of type of like line of thought yeah. that type of like psychology and like of relationships um she picked that up but i completely breezed over it because i was like i just took the message yeah, it probably it. Looks like blinders on 
yeah, literally. I'd, I'd found my message at the start of the book and I just kept looking for it throughout, um, which that's is nice. That's probably, again, like, that's probably why, like, your book club does so well because also, like, linking back to what we're speaking about of how you learn more from maybe people who you wouldn't usually speak to. So yeah. that's really cool, actually, hearing a perspective from someone else who maybe you don't speak to in day-to-day life, hearing what they've taken from a book. Like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Excellent. Well, Emma Hames, it has been a pleasure. Um, that was cool. That was-, that, was a, that was a lovely podcast. I just want, um, this is your opportunity. If you miss something out of what I know that you should say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt. But um, just tell, tell people sort of where they can find you. And yeah, there you go. The floor so, is yours. I'm best found probably on the gram at Emma Hames PT. Um, but I'm always a message away. If you ever even just want to ask a question. Um, I also run a podcast called the guilty Fitspo. So if anyone would like to listen to that, it's not all fitness. Um, it's, it's about anything, just mm. literally anything. There's no boundaries. Um, myths, fitness myths, um, just life really. Um, and then if anyone actually wants to coach and work with me, either one-on-one, which we found out today is allowed, um, or online, then again, you're probably best off going to my Instagram at Emma Hayes PT. And then from there, you can like go on my website and stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Cookies and pending. Um, I was really hesitant in doing this, but I've realized in lockdown, I knew I, anyway, I loved cookies, but I just really like setting up a business. I don't know what it is. I just think, and I don't mean to sound like an ego, like egotistic, mm. but it's actually really easy. It's really, yeah. really easy. I actually prefer the enjoyment of um, the starting up and the yeah. beginning. And the, like, that's all very exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm setting up a little cookie company, which it could be an absolute fail. It's just a bit of fun and it's just an experiment basically. But that yeah. is babble of where you can find me yeah no i love that and i'm glad you said about the cookies um obviously anyone that's local to sort of we we live around sort of the pool area that's where you can find emma for the one-to-one stuff and the cookies are they going to be uk-wide delivery and stuff like that or is it going to be more sort of local so i probably will do postal but i need i'm going to test it to a friend who lives in manchester emma um yeah. i'm going to do a postal test because they're quite gooey cookies they're like cookie yeah. doughy so I just want to make sure they make it through the mail, but likely postal. Yeah, excellent. At M, the letter M bakes. Yeah, I'll, I'll chuck um, I'll chuck everything for you um, at the in the description of this. But um, I'm going to stop recording now. Have you got any final final parts of wisdom? Thank from you. Me? Basically, thanks. Thanks for speaking about books and speaking about things that people aren't really speaking about it's really cool so yeah thank you for having me on it's been a so there you have it thanks so much for listening in i hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as i did i'll be back soon with another book review for you and like i said at the start of the episode every review does not go unnoticed i really appreciate them if you can drop a line after you drop the five stars and that'll be even better and on instagram once again it's at a need to read with the number two as opposed to the word take it easy